And I'm Ben. Welcome back. Yet another episode, and guess what? I think we're in double digits, baby. Yes. I, episode 10, Fool's Gold. Episode 10, we've made it. Fool's Gold is the title. We'll explain why. Uh, do you want to kick it off, Harry? In breaking news, we can confirm that Ben Simmons still hasn't taken a jump shot. Oh, that one never gets old. <laughs> and I mean, it's still accurate with the number of uh, players out. He's still not back. <laughs> it's still correct. Uh, so yeah. the reason the reason why I've called today's episode Fool's Gold is um, the season's turning into a little bit of who can manage COVID better at the moment. Mm. It's at this point, yeah. Literally. And some teams are overperforming and it's Fool's Gold. Because they're winning against teams that are playing eight players, or the is it eight players? It's the bare minimum, I think. I think yeah, I think eight yeah. is the absolute bare minimum today. So, yeah, uh, unless if you're the Nets and you have KD to to drag you out to just carry <laughs> your team of nobodies. But yeah, I, I think there's a lot of teams that think they're going well at the moment or are trying to appear to be doing better than really. Like it's again, they're they're versing people that have no players and yeah. none of their and stars. And on top of that. Some of the subs we were actually just mentioning a moment ago that some of the people they've signed, uh, I think, are getting a fair bit of hype, a bit of excitement, which is fair enough. But like you said, I think it's fool's gold as well. I think um, Isaiah, like, <laughs> Lakers, are, Lakers are making a big fuss about like Isaiah Thomas and how good he is. And it's like, bruh, he's gone 11 from 34 in three games. Like, that's not amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. He had one, one good game. I think he dropped about like 20 something. Yeah. He was absolutely. Doo-doo. Absolutely just cold. Yep. <laughs> Terrible. Um, Lance Stevenson's oh. getting signed by someone. Again, he's an okay mm. player. Never was yeah. amazing, but there's kind of a reason why he was playing in China. Yeah, exactly. I think they're pulling these guys who have some NBA experience, but um, yeah, obviously a little bit past, past their prime if they even had one. Um, and other than that, they bring up G League guys, which... I think on the flip side, could be a good experience for them, to be good, honest. So. Yeah, no, good opportunities for them to get some running time, but mm. it also makes off, like, with all of these 10-day contracts, you don't have much time, especially when you're bringing in, like, Isaiah mm. Thomas and Lance Stevenson, very little time to learn the offense, very yeah. little time to, to gel with the team. It's literally just band-aiding the current situation. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. It's, and it's, but, um... it's interesting to see which teams are getting more affected than others. Mm, yeah, because obviously it's, it is hitting the league as a whole, but there are some teams that are really, really being messed up by it in particular. Um, obviously, Bulls, as we mentioned, the Nets, um, the Cavs, I think they've had their games postponed now. But, um, even teams like the Bucks with like Giannis out and things like that. So, But funnily enough, with the Bulls, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Lonzo Ball never got hit. With a mm. with a, a protocols, and he said in an interview that the reason was that he's like, man, I just go to practice and I go home. Like I don't go anywhere outside <laughs> of playing, like going to the the practice facility to shoot hoops. And, yeah, I mean, check all. <laughs> and I believe that the um, the Detroit Pistons uh, mm. are quite similar with that as well. And I don't think they have. I'm just scanning this list that we've got a. Pistons, Pistons, they're under Pistons, they'll be under Detroit. I don't think Detroit have anyone out at the moment for... Yeah, currently I don't think they've got anyone. No. 
and mm. obviously some people like you know golden state aren't being affected that much denver's not too bad clippers are doing pretty good memphis mm. are doing pretty good the heat are doing pretty good as well only like all those people only have like one or two people out um i mean so far so far so far so far washington wizards only has one but again it's interesting to see which teams uh have the discipline outside the court to put basketball above everything Mm. which i respect that it's it's tough because i mean you do obviously need to have some type of enjoyment outside but it's definitely paying off for those who are really locked in and focusing on yeah on where where they did get their time look look if I was earning like $10 million plus a year, I would literally <laughs> just hoop and go home with, with how yep. things are at the moment. This is, I'm with you as well. This is the perfect time for a middle-of-the-rung team to get five to ten easier victories against teams they probably shouldn't be beating yep. and give them that extra little bit going into, you know... A ninth or tenth seed might make a sixth seed, and then you've made playoffs because you were smarter yeah. with the current situation. Because I think it's more important than ever for those. Yeah, even like you said, even a stretch of like five wins can make a difference because a you've got probably the closest I've seen the uh, standings currently in a long time, and secondly, um, with the play-in bracket now, even if you're seventh and eighth, you're not safe yet. No. Uh, so bumping up to sixth and fifth is a huge difference. You don't have that- to risk that playing the paces are only two and a half games behind 10th yeah and i mean that's all the way down to 13th in the east and they're still and, a threat and there's the... four teams on six and a half games behind yeah from eight neck and through neck to 11 like the east is so close the the west yeah. is even like is spreading out a little bit but it's still mm. you know there's still but like the east is like insane like i think from sixth down to 13th there's a difference of like three games four yeah. games, three and a half games, <laughs> which, games which is just insane and it's really exciting for us it's but again yeah. I, i'm gonna be interested to see which teams like step down and on and which players step up because this is a really odd opportunity mm-hmm. that if you want it like you can take it it is there for yeah. the taking if you play sa- like if you are safer and don't go out clubbing and don't go out you know un- like shopping if you do what Lonzo's been doing and go to practice go home yada 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 it'll be interesting to see because I think that could have some big ramifications um, absolutely talking about ramifications the Lakers look it's it's our weekly segment where we like to, to talk smack <laughs> about the Lakers because. Despite the Hoopinion's curse, us talking about mm. smack about the Lakers has not helped them get better. Yeah. So it helped at all. Maybe like maybe I'm trying to help them. Who knows? But Lakers have <laughs> lost against the Timberwolves. Bulls went to marvelous, got 38 points, and the Suns. Gee. They weren't, and yes, they have had some injury and COVID issues. But hey, guys, mm. Trevor Ariza's is back. <laughs> Man, that's uh, that's what it's coming to at the moment. Yeah, bring him back whoever. <laughs> Look, nothing against Trevor Ariza. He's a solid role player. But, you know, when they're getting hype about, oh, yeah, Trevor Ariza's back, I'm like, sorry, bro. Like, I'm sorry. You don't move the needle. You're not the the game-changing player for the, nu- uh, for, for the Nuggets, for the Lakers. He had a good uh, uh, three-pointer and one when uh, Isaiah Thomas uh, fell into yeah. his legs and he got the and one. So <laughs> Somehow. Like, uh, but the, yeah. the, the issue with the Lakers is today against the Suns, 
in the first mm. half, the Suns, I want this to be very clear, the Suns went three from 22 from wow. behind the arc. They, wow. They were cold. so cold, you could have taken them to Antarctica, and they probably, like, the Penguins would have got more shots in than the Suns. <laughs> That's how cold they oh were. Nothing was falling. Yeah, I mean, not necessarily bad shot selection, but yeah, the shots were not falling whatsoever. It just wasn't falling, and the Lakers could only manage to get, like, five points ahead. Yeah, that's like that's a sign. When like, they've literally missed 18 threes in the first half, and you're barely ahead? Yeah. Yep. They, they should have been up by 15, 20 points. I'm sorry. If you are a decent NBA team, you should have had at least 15 points. 10 to 15 points minimum. Hmm. I guess it doesn't help that, um, in addition to protocol and stuff for their team, uh, Anthony Davis looking like an absolute glass sculpture, as we always say. My goodness, he went down about like three or four times. I could have sworn in the one game. Oh, have the other you seen? Day. Every week, there's like a couple of clips of Anthony Davis going down, clutching something, getting back up, and keep playing. Like that man is yeah. something's wrong I mean, with him this season. He is not yeah. playing like he normally does. You don't like to see it. Like, don't get me wrong. Anytime someone goes down, like, I think one of his ankle rolls when he lands on someone's foot, like, I've sprained my ankle and I could, I could just relate so hard. Yeah. You look at you go, ooh. But, like, I mean, something is, is up. Like, whether he, it's his conditioning or is he, like, getting not the right number of minutes or, like, what's the, what's the go so, there? Some, he just does not look like the... Like, not even from la- like the last... Like, the Anthony Davis of last year or the year before. He just does mm. not look dominant or confident yeah. like his three point and jumper I think it's his jumper is like disappeared mm. and his three point shot like just what is something's up and I maybe he's been trying to push himself through something because of how precarious the the Lakers season's going mm, perhaps I, I just I don't know so. um, just another couple of quick notes with the uh, the Suns game Mello got ejected with two dumb technicals it was, and that really hurt them. Like Mello has sort of been semi-consistent from three for them, so him getting ejected in the first half was just so dumb. It yeah. was, it really hurt them. Uh, LeBron rolled his ankle again. He unfortunately landed mm. on um, Crowder's foot during a yeah. a, a layup. Uh, he look, he finished the game, but again, LeBron's getting older. He, this is happening to him more and more. He's not young anymore. He's thirty six. Mm. And I mean, while he probably has the best, <laughs> so I mean, I guess while he's got one of the best like conditioning schedules and stuff in, in the NBA, he looks after himself so well. But, but at this age, you got to be more careful with things like he's, that. He's like, playing some pretty high minutes to try and carry the yeah. Lakers, and he can't do it. He needs someone to yeah. step up. Absolutely, and he's um, he's not got the team around him. Uh, let's. Just this very quickly, Cleveland on a six-game win streak. Wow. Um, hey. At what point do we have to sort of, like, how much longer can we sort of, like, be like, oh, yeah, they're going to drop down? Like, when do we start taking Cleveland <laughs> seriously? Like, oh. I'm kind of starting to take them seriously, but, like, I'm still, like, I'm still waiting for the drop. Like, when, mm. wh- how much, like, because they're in fourth at the moment, I'm pretty sure. Like, when, yeah. when do they're we have to admit at the moment. Oh, with, uh, I stand corrected. Yeah, just ahead of Miami by one game or half a game. But I think it comes down to two things for me. So firstly, the Cavs at the moment are reminding me so much of New York last year. 
because I think New York were really sitting around that kind of like fourth position for a while. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. They're just having a bit of a fluky streak. But, I mean, they made it to the playoffs. Like, they stayed strong. Um, and I think by the second half of the season, I was like, okay, cool. Like, they're, they're genuinely, like, contending in, in, in terms of playoffs. So, I think give it a few more weeks, I think, because yeah. first half of the season, still a lot, lot to go. Uh, but, yeah, I think they could honestly turn into a New York situation where they just stay there and everyone's like, whoa. Uh, but secondly, with some of their games postponed, maybe that could kind of throw them off their rhythm, which I hope it doesn't because I'm I happy hope so. for them. Because they're playing yeah. really fun basketball. Mm, absolutely. So, yeah, I guess we'll have to see. But I'm starting to take them more seriously already. So yes, same. wouldn't be surprised if they hang around there. So. <laughs> and I like them because they're doing a team strat that's not, like, the norm at the moment. Mm. Like, they're playing yeah, bigs and, and not just living and dying by the three-point, which we'll talk a little bit more about that later, about team strategies, mm. because this year there's kind of some other strats other than just shoot threes coming out, which, yeah. is, which is really awesome. fun to watch. Uh, mm. Dame? is looking a bit better now. I don't know if you just flip the switch. Uh, 39 against New Orleans, 32 against Memphis, 43 against Charlotte, uh, 31 against Phoenix. Didn't necessarily win. It's it's kind of like the the catch-22. Dame starts playing well, and then the rest of the team forgets how to play. (laughs) Uh, You can't have both. You can't have him be hot and also win the game. But, uh, I mean, look, great great numbers, uh, which is half of the equation so good to see him back in dame level <laughs> which we're used to uh but yeah still not looking great for the team blazers currently in 11th not even in the play-in so i guess we'll have to see if this carries through in terms of his performance and also team performance it just doesn't fix so, portland though like yeah even like I mean, regardless whole... of if dame plays well or not like i, I just don't like a team where do you take it yeah. what do you do with it i think agreed yeah i think this point it's not looking like a contending team and i think they can really move too many pieces around so it's looking probably rebuilt but i mean good to see him at least playing a bit better so in terms of entertaining which is, basketball which is awesome um tell me mm. a bit about orlando because i i'm gonna be honest i don't have a lot of time for orlando they're they're very i mean on my considering that the second worst team in the in the nba they don't get a lot of love so i do like to shout out some of the lower teams just to give, give their fans a little bit of hope um but it's funny because i think uh if it wasn't last episode the episode before I had a bit of a call out of some players that some of these bottom teams could really benefit from. And for the Magic, I called out um, Hito Turkoglu in his prime, uh, that kind of like taller facilitator, scorer, like Mm -hmm. good shooter. Um, And really interesting stats on their rookie, uh, Franz Wagner, who's uh, Mo's younger brother. Um, In his last runs, yes, Wagner, last 10 games, he's been averaging... (laughs) Got some great names in the NBA. Uh, He's averaging 18 points a game. Six rebounds, four Damn. assists on almost 50% shooting and almost 40 from three. That's like very, very similar to Turkoglu's numbers when he was in his prime. And someone actually called this out on Reddit. And I thought, wow, that's such a coincidence. I was saying that their team could really benefit from a player like that because they've got so many guards, which, Damn. I mean, looking very promising. Uh, but yeah, they really just needed like a bit more of like a forward who's versatile. And he's honestly shaping up to be really good. I don't know if I mentioned him when I made my Rookie of the Year call out, but Ooh. he's... He's looking solid. I think he's honestly up there. Mobley's um, on fire, though. He's. I mean, yeah, Mobley's still my still my pick. Um, so, but yeah, and you mentioned fun. trades, like, and I was really shocked because I'm pretty sure what the fifteenth was when like eighty three percent of players could get traded, and yeah, was there even one trade made? I honestly don't 
Certainly not any big trades, I think. I don't th- I, I have, the only I thing we've been hearing are these 10 days for anything. protocols, but yeah. Well, are things that dire at the moment that people are just trying to focus on getting through the, the current stretch and not even worried about trades? Like, how come we haven't, like, I not mean, even a Ben Simmons sniffle? Like, what's going on? <laughs> I guess it's either just nothing significant's happened or it hasn't been publicized, but I wouldn't be surprised if, yeah, teams are more reluctant, I think, at the moment. Mm. Um, I think... T- Probably two factors are th- there aren't as many, I think, options in terms of players. Like, there aren't any huge names in the market to start with. There are those teams that are kind of looking at a genuine championship chance, trying to find that, like, bonus piece to, to finish the puzzle. Um, there aren't really any of those guys out at the moment. Um, yes. And then, yeah, secondly, I think people don't, don't want to risk it too much with, like, both, I guess, protocols, spreading things around the league, maybe... Or um, also just getting used to the this, this systems because um, obviously that does take time. Um, I don't so, know if any schedules of training has been impacted, but yeah. So are the Pacers rebuilding? Like, are they going to blow it up? Like, what's... Because, like, I swear uh, the moment I, they said they were blowing it up, they went on, like, a four-game win streak. Yeah, it's honestly a tricky one with that because, I mean, that could be another Hoopinion's curse where we've literally just yeah. told it that they're going to rebuild and then who knows, they'll be back in the playing picture. But... Um, yeah, you'd expect teams like that to, to blow it up. And, and then if they do, then there are some pieces out in the market. You've Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, even if, Brogdon. Like. If Miles Turner's, Turner is on the market, the Charlotte Hornets need to move heaven and earth to get him. Ooh, I can see that. Yeah, that'd be a great fit, actually. Because obviously they're lacking size and centers, really. That, that is the any... missing piece right there. Calling yeah, it Yeah, especially... That's a great call. I reckon that we can we can put on our put on our board uh, in terms of perfect fits because yeah that you still got you still got Plumlee coming off the bench, which is nice. You still mm. got a big to come off the bench, yeah, but imagine bench, yeah. your start what your starting lineup would be: um, Lamelo, Gordon Haywood, Miles Turner, um, Bridges, and mm. who am I missing? Um, uh, you said Hayward, Ubre, or yeah, oh, Ubre um, comes off the bench. There's someone else. I'm missing someone else, but Devonte Green or something probably is that the right person? There's too many Greens. Yeah, someone Green. Uh, too, many, <laughs> too many people on the team. I mean, that's Scary Terry. Oh uh, yeah, sorry, Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier would be yep. the starter. Sorry, I forgot about Scary Terry. Like that's <laughs> that's not a terrible starting five. That is a solid. very decent starting five. And I think that covers their weaknesses, but also plays into their strengths because obviously they're fast-moving team. Um, I mean, Miles Turner isn't isn't like slow for a big; like he's relatively versatile. He can shoot as well, not super well, but well enough. Um, and just yeah, a little bit more uh, defensive presence because yeah, they really don't have Look, the defensive plum, bigs they need. Plumlee's average at best. Yeah, and like Sorry, he's, he's serviceable as a as a bench yes. bench big. Like I, I still like him, but. Not quite center, like starting with, level no, at the moment. With, so. with the other talent that they have, he's the big weak spot. Mm. So and I think they've even got like PJ Washington, who's really a forward. He's like someone sliding over to center as well. So yeah. they're kind of really covering that position at the moment. So yeah, yeah, we good to good to see Turner. Really, that'd be a good good fit. Yeah, it would be. I'd, yeah, so I hope to see some interesting trades because I feel like we're getting close to the point where it's almost like it's building. Like, I feel like there's probably discussions going on, but we're getting close where someone mm. might offer a little bit more than what they probably should Is in an effort. Like, you know, they're getting desperate. I think there's some teams yeah. that are definitely stressing. So, 
the the market the trade market could get blown wide open potentially yeah, hopefully yeah hopefully someone makes a move and that kind of gets the ball rolling as well so yeah, uh, yeah i guess all we'll and have i have a I have a fun little TikTok fact. I don't know if this is true. I, I'm just going to... I'm not a doctor. I don't have any <laughs> medical training. Please do not, you know, accept this as 100% fact. But I saw on the internet, on TikTok, on Reddit, and mm. no one said it was wrong. Like, so who knows? But apparently... You can trust Dr. Google. Yes. Apparently when you lose one pound of weight, it relieves four pounds of pressure off your knees. Okay, I can understand that, like, when you're doing, like, impact sports where, like, you're landing and stuff. Because, obviously, just standing and it'd still be one pound equals one pound. But, yeah. yeah, in terms of high-impact sports, obviously, basketball, yeah, I can see that making a lot of sense. And if you think about just, like, like the eye test, logically, right? The mm. moment Jokic slimmed down, he became an MVP mm. and almost unstoppable. He lost uh, a lot of weight and, yeah, the same MVP mode. The same with Embiid? He lost some mm. weight, started eating better, and he was pretty much on a tear like Jokic. Yeah, I mean, those two were both MVP caliber, yeah. Last year, and, like, that was, you mm. know, that was, li- like, what last year was probably, like, the first year where they started to slim down and take their diet a bit more seriously. Yeah. Um, would, do you think that someone like Luka Doncic, if he dropped a couple of pounds, would he be that little bit more explosive mm. and that, would his ankle he's had a lot of ankle issue, issues recently would mm. his ankle be healing better with less strain if he dropped a couple of pounds because he's I thought you were going to say Zion at first and we know the answer is obviously yes for him yes. but for Luca, yeah Luca's had I, a lot I of ankle issues so. and he's yeah. definitely looking a little bit chubbier than last year definitely yeah. and I hate yes definitely compared to last season so. just, just my normal disclaimer I hate mentioning players weights it's not something that you know i think is 100 percent fair however they are a professional athlete and Mm. when they're playing at that sort of level weight comes into it yeah we're not having a go it's kind of looking at the performance side of it uh, because that's what in terms of sport that's the important thing but yeah i would agree i think um he's still like kind of like deceptively nimble and he's got quick footwork and he's very very crafty but uh, yeah, I think compared to last season, especially, you can see the difference. And I think if he did, yeah, even pull like a Jokic kind of level of transformation, I think he'd be even more lethal. Obviously, he's a great, great player. Um, oh, absolutely. But just especially the way he plays his game, because just so versatile, like obviously like running the offense, um, I think just that extra maneuverability for starters, but then consistency in terms of like not getting injured. Because, um, yeah, if you're looking at guys like Zion who have missed more games than they've played, you can't afford afford that when someone's heading into their prime. So, yeah, um, yeah. I think they probably need to take conditioning a little bit more seriously. I think just tacking on quickly. I think part of it, and I don't want to judge or anything, but when someone's that good, I feel like, and possibly same as Zion as well. When you're that good, you don't need to put in quite as much effort. It's, and so I feel like they kind of drop the ball a little bit in terms of conditioning. Yeah, because so, Luca's still playing yeah. really well, even though he's not as yeah. fit as he should be. So, like, how do you, even though he's dropping his usual amount of points, like, how do you tell him, like, hey, you need to drop weight, but he's still doing just as well as last year, box score-wise? Yeah, because, I mean, he's not like Eddie Curry or something. This is a Nick center from years ago who was, like, huge. Um, so it's not like the level where it's, like, they're not playing well because they're still playing really well, but... Um, I think, yeah, you just kind of need to, especially when you have like injury concerns backing it up, then you go, mm-hmm. okay, well, look, you can literally see the impact it's having. Um, 
So yeah, I think even just a, a small difference, if that yeah, one pound equals four pounds of pressure off, even little adjustments, you don't have to go crazy, but just slightly going towards the right direction. I think yeah. that'll have a huge impact there. So yeah. the, the last point I've got before we head into my hot sauce um, mm. is Kyrie's back. They're allowing, well, he was allowed back and then he instantly goes into COVID protocols, but... Yeah, I mean, but, with, the, with the Nets team, with what they had about 10 currently, I think, out, I mean, n- not much chance for him, really, but, yeah, it was interesting, brought him back and then immediately, so, immediately out. Yeah, but, like, the, the Nets were trying to do the right thing, but at the end of the day, the championship's more important, and they have a very small window to make this work, and... If that mean and KD's playing insane minutes, it's not sustainable how much KD is playing and carrying this team. Yeah, so definitely. they welcome back Kyrie, which you know I'm a little bit like you know I'm a little bit bummed, but I also because like again I, I disagree with Kyrie's stance, but mm. from an organization moment, uh, you know from the organization, I completely understand wanting to win now and needing to win now. Mm. So. I think so many teams are just desperate to get de- decent plays on the court at yeah. this point because of the impact it's having. So, yeah. Yes. Um, and before we, and just very quickly, before we head into my hot sauce, uh, I watched the Philly and Nets game and I wrote notes mm-hmm. of the whole thing. I watched it from start to finish. <laughs> I wrote notes. Uh, I can't go through all of my notes, but I'm like, you know, I, I did a pretty good job, not going to lie. Um, Maybe that can be in our bonus fifteen-minute segment. At the I end. know, but the the, uh, the 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 basic breakdown, and this was a Nets team that pretty much had what Durant, Griffin, and Mills. I think were the three, and Claxton. Those mm. were the only people I recognized on that team. Wow! <laughs> Everyone else, I was like, who? Yeah. Oh who? Who? <laughs> um, but Kevin Durant is just insane. Mm. if you should if, I, I think I might have watched that Philly game on League Pass in which Ben you should if I did you should watch it and I'll give you my login um, <laughs> but there were times where KD had like three or four people on him at once and it was like he was just like yeah okay I'm just going to shoot it now four four hands in his face and he's still like yeah it's going in no, no biggie makes it look so easy it was it's effortless crazy patty mills was was hustling and and part of it and honestly part of it philly was too slow the mm. the nets were were outrunning philly by by like the pace difference is just huge mm. um, i guess like philly i mean obviously watching the game you probably get it firsthand but philly i think is more likely to run things like post up for Embiid. Uh, so a bit more of a half-court kind of team, um, got their shooters open, whereas the Nets, just speed. sheer offensive skill. Speed. Just speed, yeah. Um, Harris <laughs> was was 3 from 15. Harris was just had a bad game. He's And, and this is this is like one of the problems with Philly, and I don't know how you fix Philly because you're kind of stuck now, but Harris is either like okay or he's terrible. Mm. He has the oc- he has the occasional amazing game, but overall, he is either average or terrible. Mm. And, and he's, considering he's the second option for the Sixers at the moment, probably not the consistency you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Griffin was drawing offensive charges like a crazy person. Um, <laughs> Embiid and Curry were pretty much the only two people that from my eye test looked like they were actually doing anything helpful 
mm. on offense at least. Um, and I'm just not sure what you do with Philly. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm pretty concerned with with Philly. I don't know, like they're a uh, good team, but I just don't know if they've got the right fit. Like it's always been the issue of fit with them. Like they've got good players. It kind of comes down to this because they've been building this process for so long. Um, they had points where they had literally like four all-star caliber players and they had like Butler and stuff. But yeah, I think you're right. They've never quite had the right fit and the clock's ticking because they're kind of at the end of their process really because they're not going to have the same high draft picks. Um, they've got Embiid in his prime now. Like you really can't be wasting time. So I think it's, dare I say, a bit too late. And look, to be fair, they've had terrible luck as well when they've had games... They've almost got through the finals and uh, against like Raptors and stuff where they get hit with the buzzer beater and stuff. So, like I mean, they they've shown potential, but I think they've never quite had all the check boxes uh, just the same seasons. So, yeah. Harris's contract is fat, and I don't make, think many mm. people are going to bite on that. That's the person they need to get rid of for someone else. But I just don't know how you're going to deal with yeah. Um Maybe package him with Ben Simmons and. Maybe you get an actual more reasonable trade. Those are two very fat contracts. Um, Last but not least, when we're talking about the Philly versus the Nets, um, Mm. Blake Griffin, I'm pretty sure he missed every three he took. I think he took like five or six. I'd have to go look at the the box score. Hold up. Blake Griffin was, Mm. yeah, he took five, only made one. And guess when that one three-pointer was that he made? When? Probably a buzzer beater or something crazy. Pretty close. It was one minute Ah. and 13 seconds to go. It was pretty okay. much, they'd been Simmons sagging him all day. They were quite happy oh, to let him gosh. chuck up threes. but And then the, in um, the clutch, last minute of the game, he's just like, yeah, whatever, I'll start yeah, making him the now. The minute 13 to go, <laughs> it was close-ish. You know, the Philly were mm-hmm. hanging in there. And then Blake Griffin gets the ball. I hear someone scream, no. Blake takes <laughs> the shot. It goes in, and oh my god, you could just feel, like, KD was just, like, icy. He was just, like, yeah! Like, he was, like, death-staring <laughs> Griffin. Like, that, like, like death-staring as in, like, clutch. Not, like, how dare you take that yeah. shot. Like, it was such a good moment, and you could just see Philly be, like, oh god. And oh, wow. it was, like, and that's, that's, that's what Philly doesn't have. That clutch, icy, hype, like... Mm. And a lot of teams... Don't I have would that. have one counter-argument to that is that they've got Embiid. The only issue is that's yes. all they've got, really. Embiid was good. Embiid, and... I think, is actually scoring the most in the clutch this season out of any team. But yeah. I think that's a double-edged point because the other thing is that because they have no one else. So I feel like yeah. all of the clutch shots fall to him. So probably that's the result. Yeah. And Embiid got 30, but I still felt like uh, Griffin, who d- played quite a few minutes that game, 32 mm. minutes... Um, did pretty good against him, but well, as well as you could. He was being aggressive. I like I like Griff, uh, Blake Griffin up against um, Embiid. I think it's a good matchup for them. So, mm. especially considering he wasn't getting many minutes the other day, so, yeah. or a couple of weeks ago. So, so, yeah. I'm always a fan of seeing him out. But now it's time for so hot, alucinante, como el picante. It's Harry's hot song. Oh yeah, got oh, my boogie on. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do like that. We're gonna work out what the Harry Hot Sauce dance is. Oh, like I think I have a couple ideas. Hey, <laughs> so today in my hot sauce, I want to dis- and I, I've briefly alluded to this. Um, I want to talk about two 
two things today um mm-hmm. teamwork and the mid-range because mm-hmm. as as i mentioned with the Cavs um briefly there are some teams that are employing like different strategies to what has been like sort of the norm for the last couple of years which is lots of three yeah. point. like you know you look at the 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 jazz the golden state warriors rockets in their prime um, mm. most of the big teams, hell, even the Lakers last year and the year before, now they just don't know how to shoot threes because they gave all their three-point shooters away. But um, regardless, the, like most of the strats have been one big surrounded by four perimeter players or mm. to that effect. And the, the three-point percentage and shot has been a much higher valued shot. And, you know, to the extent that some people are, you know, giving up on easy two-pointer drives to flick it out and try and get a three. Like, yeah, even on fast break, you see yeah. people literally just pulling up instead of driving. So, so the mid-range, so there's some, but there's some teams like Cleveland, for example, that are sort of doing things a little bit differently, playing three pretty mobile bigs, focusing a bit more on mm. defense, a bit more on that, those points in the paint, and it's working for them. Um mm. And one could also argue that the Suns are, and, and well, as, sorry, with, with Cleveland, we've been mentioning how they, you know, they're not following it, funneling it through one person. They're kind of sharing the ball around. And yep. the Suns are doing this as well, which I think makes them a little bit more scary compared to the the Nets, for example, where KD's a very heavy carrier or Golden State mm-hmm. Warriors where despite curry not shooting well they're looking to put it through curry first it's it's a it's a hierarchy curry first you know you're to you guys yeah. yeah then it's wiggins etc etc so mm. i had a look at the the sun's last five games so uh, so check this out for for sharing the load around so mm. the suns versus the lakers seven players were in double figures with no one over 20 points mm-hmm against the hornets nine players nine were in double figures with mm. no one over 20 points against the wizards you have eight players in double figures no one over 20 points uh against portland you had five players in double figures but Aiton and paul both were over like 28 and 24 respectively but i th- mm. that's a good thing and I'll, I'll tell you why in a moment and then the suns versus clippers they had four players in double figures no one was over 20 points there was a lot of nines and sixes um but mm. that was also a loss for them so they obviously just didn't get the ball rolling now okay so so the point i'm making here is one the suns love to share the ball around yeah like nine people and no one over like in double figures and no one over 20 that is insane teamwork crazy absolutely i mean some some other teams that i've been comparing like to the suns and stuff like even the jazz for example they often have a lot of a lot of guys in double digit points but not even close to nine players that's so much depth that's, that's actually crazy so much sharing and, and teamwork and not being selfish mm. and just having a really really good system that's working there's a reason why phoenix are first and honestly like the more they play the more like they've got the offensive scheme they've got the defense they they mm. could give the golden state warriors a run for their money anywho yeah. but if the game gets tight uh, and i think the reason why the suns are so difficult to beat at the moment and why i'm placing them above golden state at the moment and that's that can be your, your hot sauce uh is that mm. 
if the team as a team like isn't hitting, you've got people on the Suns that if they need to can take over the game. Yeah. Book That's a very good point. Aiton, CP3 can take over the game at any point that they want, if they want to. If yeah. if things are not hitting, they'll just be like, okay, cool, give it to me in my spot and I'll get it in. And we'll 100%. win the game. I think I think like, yeah, you make a good point that some of these other teams you can obviously just lock down their best player, like you see who they're gonna go through. So I think the Suns have the advantage of yeah, like they've shed the ball so well, everyone's a scoring threat when they're on the floor. But some teams, like we mentioned earlier, the Cavs, who also are doing that strategy and it's working, I think they still, it's handy to have those it's, clutch options yeah. when you need someone to step up. And like you said, that's so on it's, point with Booker, who can hit clutch shots and CP3, that, things like that. So yeah. That's why the Suns are scary, because they've got those players mm. that can step up if you need a bucket. But overall, yeah. they're just going to bombard you as a team. Yeah, that's honestly mind-blowing. Like, not only how many players in double figures, but... No one's over twenty points too, and that's not that's not a bad thing. Like that's, that's just fantastic. crazy. How selfless they are! Like yeah, yeah. Like no, there's no single person who's just going all right. Forget it. I'm just going to go crazy scoring. They're all constantly being selfless, looking for the best option every possession, yeah. and the consistency at which they're doing it. Yeah, over those last five games, that's crazy. That's just five games. If I went further, I'm pretty sure you'd see a very consistent trend of yeah. of similar stats. Which that's crazy. It's it's yeah, really cool. Like, that that is going to be a hard team to beat in playoffs. If if everyone stays healthy, um, mm. they're going to be a really really hard team to beat. Shout out to McGee, played well again today, and he's like <laughs> ten points. Gosh, I love seeing McGee. He hustles hard. He comes in. They get a couple. Of, you know, they throw him a couple of lobs, give him a couple. Like Lakers were playing small ball, and McGee's like, mm, 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 I'm going to feast and easy points. <laughs> oh, the cute chicken time. Exactly. Oh, I love, I love McGee. Um, so, and then the other thing I want to mention is that, again, uh, so we were talking about, you know, different strategies. The mid-range is making a bit of a comeback this year mm. in, in a gr- big, big way. So, in the last two minutes, per se, of the game, in, in the fourth quarter, I believe, and I, I go, I'd have to go look up the stats, but I believe that the three-pointer becomes less valuable in the last two minutes. Why? Because you're less likely to hit a three-pointer than a two-pointer, statistically. Mm-hmm. And then in the last two minutes of the game, points become more valuable. Like, getting a surefire bucket is more valuable than three points. Mm. So people, That's an interesting take, yeah. Like when you know when the game's close, it's more important to get points than it is to hit the more statistically favorable shot, which is the three pointer. Yeah, because obviously throughout the course of like a full game, everyone knows the three point is more valuable than two. But when you have that clutch situation where you literally need to get the next bucket to keep yourself in the game, obviously you don't want to be taking that three because it's that much more risky. Yes, and when you have certain players that are shooting above 50% or close to, mm. it's becoming dangerous. Damar, obviously, we cannot talk about the midpoint, mid-range without talking about Damar. Uh, yeah. He is shooting 48.4% uh, mm. from the, the mid-range. He's, He's averaging... He's really efficient from the mid-range. Yeah. That's like some people's layup statistic, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which and and DeRozan has exploded on the Bulls. He's a big. He has bailed them the mm. Bulls out of a couple of games now, like four or five times. Yeah, 
Aang super well. I don't know if it's like a coaching thing, like if they've sort of like was Pop holding him back a little bit from taking mid range, or is he is it because he was mm-hmm. holding himself back trying to get traded? I don't know. All I know is that Demar is playing really well this year, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that he is very hard to stop in the mid range. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mr. Kevon Durant. Is, oh my gosh, yeah. Mid-range, we can't not talk about KD. <laughs> he is shooting 55.3% from the mid-range. That's actually insane. And I just want to add as well, because so many of these mid-range shots he's taking, like we said before, are like contested. multiple people in his face. Yep. Absolutely contested shots. He's just, just wide open. That's insane. 55%. He just goes to his spot and is like, yep, yeah, bucket. Yeah, absolutely automatic. It is automatic. That is literally, it's just an automatic running bucket, and he's and both Demar and Kevin are averaging about seven to eight of those a game, and Mm. hitting pretty much fifty percent. Pretty interesting as well how many they're taking, but still remaining super efficient. I mean, Demar's what like scoring like twenty six points a game now. It's definitely higher than last few seasons. But yeah, the. Such a, an efficient shot, even though you wouldn't expect it. Yeah, and, and think about it. If you're in the last five, three, two minutes of a game, what would mm. you rather? Uh, 45%, you know, a 40 to 45% three-pointer attempt, if they're a good mm. free three-point shooter, or would you rather give it to Damar and Kevin, who are shooting close... Well, Kevin, a smidge over 50%, and Damar just under 50% yeah, in the mid-range. That's the thing, like, there are very, very few people averaging 48% from, from three, and no one's averaging 55% from three. So, yeah, that's actually a much more reliable shot to be taking. And when you need points, that's the thing. Like, games can be won or lost just by getting one bucket. Yeah. One bucket Absolutely. might be that one that puts them over the edge, puts too much pressure on the other team. Hmm. And then you've got yourself a ball game. And Chicago have won a, co- a lot of close ones this year. It hasn't been you know, smooth sailing for them the whole season. They have had some close mm. ones and honestly I think a big a big part of that has been because of, of Demar. Now, there's more. Yeah. Uh Brandon mm. Ingram is shooting forty one point one percent from from the mid range, which again is mm. is still pretty good. And if you consider yeah, not too bad. I, I believe that in the last two minutes that everyone's efficiency like loses like five percent, I think, because of the pressure like you can look mm. at people's statistics before two minutes and after two like with two minutes to go and and you do because of the pressure you do lose a couple of points just because of and we also have to factor in he's playing for the pelicans as well yes. so he's probably yes. not getting the best screens or open looks so. yes but again yeah. he's he's hitting what 41 percent and he's attempting seven again making three which is not mm. ter- like again it's not terrible He's not hmm. far off, you know, 44. If he can just start averaging four from eight, you know, he'll start bringing that up. Um, yeah. LaMarcus Aldridge on the Nets, is it 54%? Now, he has a lower attempt rate. He's only averaging... Obviously, yeah, not taking as many shots. He's only averaging about five a game, hitting about hmm. two to three. Uh, but again, <laughs> that's a... It's, an, it's it's he's also one of those guys that looks automatic like you see him run just yep. below the free throw line he gets the ball he spins boom it's yeah his face up game his whole career he's in absolutely automatic from mid-range as well so yeah that's and, crazy 54 percent yep and then we've got booker at 46.2 percent 
and mm. one Christopher, I don't even know if it's a Christopher, one Chris Paul at 53.9%. That's crazy. That's pretty much the same as Aldridge and almost KD mid-range numbers, even though this guy is like a foot shorter than KD. Yep. But Chris That's is only crazy. averaging about four attempts a game, but he's hitting... Mm but he's getting an easy... He's attempting 4.2 and he's getting 2.3 in a game. Booker's attempting uh, 5.8, getting 2.6 in. But again, I, mm. I feel like with Chris Paul, like he doesn't pull out the midi game unless he needs a bucket. Like, yeah, he's, exactly. I think it's not his go-to. I think, like we were saying with the whole team, obviously they're looking for other options as a better shot, but when he needs it, you know he's going to get that midi. And 100%. He's shooting those at a high clip at a very good percentage. So keep an eye out for those. When you need a clutch shot, that's when you're going to... Like, that's the thing. There's no point overdoing the mid-range now for the Phoenix Suns. They're winning without it. But when things are tight, I guarantee you Chris Paul will step up and take some mid-range shots to 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 get the game in their favor. Definitely. And even Booker, who's, like, known as a pretty good three-point shooter, you look at his game and he really does have his mid-range as, like, one of his go-tos as well. So good to see him keeping alive as well. So... Keep an eye out for for some teams. Brooklyn, while they are a very heavy three-point shooting team, they are still incorporating a lot of the mid-range. And with Kyrie back, expect those numbers to go up. Um, Mm. Same with Chicago and Phoenix and even a little bit of Philly. Um, Embiid shoots some of those uh, mid-ranges as well. Atlanta, Mm. Miami. there's There's some teams that are up there that are incorporating this shot. And it's... And in the right position, it's an easy ten to twenty points, depending on who's taking that shot, and that's a mm. that's a big boost, especially if you're shooting those at forty to fifty percent. Definitely, that are definitely not getting guarded as hard because you know you can't guard someone too hard in the mid range in case they pop it out. And the same thing, if they 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 can't be too like they can't they got to watch for the pop out to the three point line. They got to watch out for the drive which makes that mm. the people that are good at the mid-range shot very, very dangerous. Absolutely. I have a good question for you, but I think uh, you might have to yes. go over to our YouTube channel to stick around and see what the question will be. Yes. Uh, thanks for tuning in. That's our Spotify portion. We uh, do an extra 10 to 15 minutes on YouTube. So go check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash hoop Indians. Yeah, so give us, a, give us a look there. See you next time. Thank you.